behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., and he joins us in South Carolina, except a different part of the state. I'm now in Greenville. Jamie Dupree is with us. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Sean. I am over uh, down I-85 in Anderson, where I just was at a Marco Rubio event, and then I'm going to head up to see if I can catch Donald Trump after I got off the phone with you yesterday. I drove a few hours to go to a Trump event, and wouldn't you know, I get there, and the fire marshal shut the door just as I got there, and they wouldn't let me in. So, Oh, man. Didn't you, didn't can, you uh, tell them you were part of the liberal news media? That would get you right in the door. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. So I do have to say, uh, for those listening, uh, I want to say thank you to every single day I've interviewed people here in South Carolina, and at least one and maybe two people have said that they listen to me on your show. So uh, I'd like to say thank you to all of them for helping me out just by happenstance that I've been uh, catching them at a variety of events here, Sean. No, that's awesome. Well, you, I guess the big story on the campaign trail today is once again Donald Trump and the Pope is out there saying that he's not a Christian, which is just appalling to me for a lot of different reasons. I think Trump has handled it pretty well because I think he's right. The number one target of ISIS would be the Vatican. For those that haven't been to the Vatican, it's surrounded by big walls. Uh, I don't see that that uh, the Vatican is taking on a lot of these immigrants and migrants. I don't. I didn't hear the Vatican go out there and talk about radical Islamic terrorism the way I think they should. I don't think they talked about what happened in Europe on New Year's Eve all over Europe and women were being groped and in some cases raped. I, I, I just, you know, are the pedophile priests, are they Christians? Are those the covered up for the pedophile priest Christians? Are those those Catholics involved in, in World War II? Are they Christian? I mean, now we're going to you know, I thought the whole idea of Christianity is that we're all sinners and we all need God's grace. Now, uh, if there's anybody in this field who could take on the Pope, it would probably be Trump. And certainly uh, he can wend in there, not only the issue of terrorism, as you mentioned, but also in his statement that he gave today also about immigration and more. And I would fully expect at this event I'm going to go to with him later this evening that he is going to get on that exact point. Now, obviously, down here in the South, uh, maybe the Pope isn't uh, the favorite, uh, you know, sort of figure that he might be up in the Northeast or something like that. But still, uh, another opportunity for Trump to dominate the news, another opportunity for him to, uh, you know, uh, find somebody else to talk about rather than uh, the other candidates. And really, I think it almost plays into his strength. It's sort of like a hanging curveball for him today. Yeah, I kind of view it the same way. If we look at the polls, well, things have not really changed that much. I have the distinct impression that this is very reminiscent of what happened in New Hampshire poll-wise. And it's Thursday, and, and this primary takes place on Saturday, and I think the battle once again is for second and third place. Yeah, let me, I was thinking about this as I was driving a few hours up here today to this event. You know, uh, okay, so my gut tells me that I agree with you, but let's try to pull ourselves inside out and think, where could we be wrong? And there are a couple possibilities here. For one, I still wonder whether Ted Cruz has more support than is showing up in the polls from uh, the sort of the religious voters here in South Carolina. They're such an important block in Iowa as well, and they play a big role here. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed is that in interviewing voters here in the state, and I haven't not asked this question, a number of them, though, have brought it up on their own, which to me is always a signal that they're thinking about it. And that is, this is a big military state with a lot of veterans, a lot of people linked to the military. And I've been surprised by the number of people who have volunteered their aggravation with Donald Trump after he went after George W. Bush, not only in the debate, but in the days after it. I just sort of noted as something that is out there. Also today at this Rubio event, uh, you know, it's little things like this that you pick up, Sean. The first three people I interviewed, random people, not sitting together or anything like that, the first three people were all undecided between Rubio and Trump. Sort of seems like an odd kind of pair. 
all three of them, including one guy who uh, had more tattoos than I could ever think of uh, putting on my own body and big old uh, beard and everything like that, he said, uh, gave me the thumbs up as he walked out and said he's going to vote for Rubio. I'm not saying that this thing is changing, but I just think, you know, we sort of look at this and, and think it's all locked down and everything like that. And I just wonder if there's still a little wiggle room here for uh, everybody involved, Sean. There's been four national polls on the Republican side that have come out in just the last two days. We have Quinnipiac, USA Today, Suffolk, NBC, Wall Street Journal and CBS News. And, and well, Fox News was more of a South Carolina poll. But uh, when you look at the national polls, Quinnipiac had Trump at 39. Uh, Suffolk, USA Today had Trump at 35. Uh, CBS News this morning had Trump at 35. Uh, and then out of nowhere, the NBC News Wall Street Journal poll had Trump at 26, behind Cruz at 28. Yeah, I guess the only thing I'd say about that, it violates the, the Dupree rule to talk about that poll in depth simply because it's not a trend. It's just one. It's an outlier. The only thing that intrigues me about that poll is that it was taken entirely after Saturday's debate when some people thought that Trump did not have a good performance. Uh, I, I'm just going to say that as of now, uh, you know, we got to wait and see. If there's more polls that agree with that, then I think it's something to look at. But right, All right but now, look at the, I don't look at the South Carolina. To it. The Fox News South Carolina poll has Trump plus 13. The uh, the South Carolina Harper poll has Trump plus 12. Gravis has Trump plus 16. Yesterday, Bloomberg had Trump plus 19. Monmouth had Trump plus 16. The the rolling average uh, South Carolina House GOP, Trump plus 19. And it goes on from there. It's all the same. You know, I don't think that there's been a poll. I think I looked at this earlier. I don't think Trump has been ahead in this state by less than double digits since I want to say early December. Now, there was something making the rounds yesterday that there would be a late poll coming out today that would show Trump's lead in single digits. I have not seen that published as yet. But, yes, you are absolutely correct, even more so than in New Hampshire. The numbers for Trump here have been very, very stable and very much in his favor. Uh, again, yeah. uh, you know, I don't sense that that's not going to happen, but I do think I just need to, as a reporter, almost sort of stand back and try to imagine how could I be wrong here? How could I get this wrong? I, I see the possibility, but I don't know that I put very much money on it at this point in time. I think the most interesting poll for everybody has got to be the, the USA Today Suffolk poll because they did head-to-head matchups against Hillary Clinton and uh, Bernie Sanders with Trump and Cruz and, and Rubio. And in every case, the Republican is beating Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Well, I think that's emblematic of the uh, the excitement that has been seen out here and in the states. I mean, in Iowa and New Hampshire, you had record numbers of Republicans. They're expecting record number of Republicans here uh, on Saturday in the primary. You have not had record turnouts for Democrats in either of the first two states. Uh, there is clearly much more energy. The only thing I would say is there is a lot of energy for one person on the Democratic side. It's not Hillary Clinton. It's for Bernie Sanders. But overall, uh, the Republicans certainly have that edge at this point in time. And, you know, uh, yesterday we talked about the, the back and forth between Ted Cruz and, 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 and Donald Trump. And, again, I'm going to reemphasize what I said to you yesterday. I still think that the Cruz people are frustrated that they have not been able to break through on the argument that Trump is not a real conservative. And uh, certainly, that, I think uh, you're going to hear Ted Cruz drive that home over the next couple of days. But how, how successful he can be with that, that's an open issue. Well, I agree with that. Now, the big problem is whether or not for Hillary Clinton, uh, now everything is really, really tight for Saturday in Nevada. And, you know, you look at those poll numbers, and I think it's anybody's race at this point. And also nationally, you see that Bernie Sanders is caught up to her. Yeah, and again, the momentum thing is going to be so important here, because if Sanders were able to win in Nevada, 
uh, then I think that that would have a cascading effect on other states because people people like to vote for the winner. People want to be on board with somebody that they think is going to win. They don't want to throw their vote away. And we have seen already how much the polls have changed in the Democratic race simply after Sanders' win in New Hampshire. And I would really think that if he were able to win in Nevada, even this state would get closer here in South Carolina, and then other states on Super Tuesday would get closer as well. So, yeah, it's a very important next few days in the state of Nevada for the Democrats. Now, we only have one because next Tuesday, and I don't know if you're going to be in Nevada on Monday, but we'll be there Monday and Tuesday, and uh, there's only one poll that came out, and this is the Nevada caucus, and Trump had 45%. It looks like it's going to be a runaway for him in Nevada. Yeah, it's just a question, again, of uh, organization. And, uh, you know, in Iowa, obviously, there was not as much there for Trump. Uh, certainly not. Most of the candidates have not been paying much attention to the state. I know Cruz has already put out a schedule for a series of rallies. Trump, I know, is going to be in Vegas on Monday night and I think do another event in Sparks, Nevada on Tuesday, if I remember from his schedule. So he'll certainly be out there and I would expect Rubio to go. I don't know how much any of the others are going to play there and whether or not they're going to have a, an impact. But, you know, again, it's that momentum. If Trump wins here in South Carolina, I would not be surprised at all to see him win and win easily in Nevada on Tuesday. Oh, I wouldn't be. All right. So what other news are we missing today that's going on in the battle over, I guess, the replacement of, of Justice Scalia is ongoing. What's the latest with that? Uh, you know, you're seeing a few more Republicans who are starting to say, you know what, uh, uh, th- there should be a hearing on a nominee. It doesn't mean there has to be a vote or anything like that. But I, I sort of get the feeling that the Republicans are probably going to have to walk back a little and at least have a hearing on whoever is nominated by the president. Again, you know, the history is filled with nominees who have been rejected by the Senate. Uh, there's not as many where, you know, somebody does not get a hearing. And again, the, the difference being, uh, of course, the involvement of the bully pulpit. I think the president will fully be more than happy to go out and beat on the Republicans as much as he wants over the next couple of months. So I still wonder whether or not what we're going to see from the GOP is a full hearing and uh, in the Judiciary Committee and then maybe bringing it to the floor where you can defeat that person or at worst have a filibuster to stop that nomination. Well, it's going to be that. But, you know, I got to tell you, as I've said before, this for a lot of conservatives, this is the last stand. If they give in on this, I I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can predict it's well, going to be pretty ugly. I don't think it's ugly. an issue of giving in because I don't think the Democrats are going to be able to get 60. I think it'd be pretty, pretty much uh, an impossible task for them to bring over uh, 16 uh, Republicans or 15 to, to get 60 votes. I do think that there would be people who would be willing to uh, have a final vote if they knew that the nomination was going to be defeated on the floor of the Senate. I mean, you don't have to go back that far to find uh, the Democrats did exactly that with Robert Bork. But you know the, the position. Administration. I, you know, Republicans try and be fair, and Democrats, they never break ranks. And that's what always happens. So there's always going to be... You know, the people I'd start worrying about is Lindsey Graham. Is he going to go? Is he going to? Is he going to go wobbly? Is John McCain going to go wobbly? Who's going to go well, wobbly again, here? I don't. I don't think you're going to get to sixty. So you know, I mean, you can look at it two ways. If there's uh, more than enough votes to stop a nominee on the floor of the Senate, the Republicans can certainly do that. Whether it's just by voting that nominee down or by filibustering. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of pressure and a lot more on the Republican leadership to at least have a hearing in the Judiciary Committee and maybe even a vote in the committee and then maybe try to get it to the floor. That's yeah. just, you know, from an institutional point of view of watching it, I can just see what's coming. And they're going to gin things up down at the White House 
and put a lot of heat on the Republicans and on individual Republicans who might be up for election this year, and also ones who are seen as maybe more moderate. And I think there's also a small group of Republicans probably, too, who haven't really said very much, who would be amenable to voting to allow a final vote and then vote against the nominee. Yeah. Um, all right. So we don't really have much else to, to talk about because these are the big issues of the day. So what we're really waiting for is I get and you've had these town halls with but they're not the candidates together. So I don't think they're going to have much of an impact. It's basically just a candidate interview, except the people that are asking the questions of the audience for the most part, maybe a few questions from the moderators. Um, so I'm not sure that's going to have any impact. Is the RNC standing by their original order that that candidates can't debate each other one on one? Yeah, they don't want to have any extra debates other than the ones they've sanctioned already. That's why they've come up with these sort of town halls to get around that, where each person is up there individually for a little while. I think the Democrats are going to do a similar kind of thing out in Nevada in the next couple of days as well before the caucus out there on Saturday. So you've got uh, those competing things going on. And, you know, look, at this point in time, I, I think the feeling on the ground here and going around you know, Rubio had a very good rally here today. I guess the question that everybody has is, will this endorsement by Governor Haley really matter? Will it really change the dynamic? Will it bring anybody along? I mean, I asked a few people today in the crowd, does that really matter? And I get sort of a shrug of the shoulders from people. I would sure it would bring a few people around, but maybe not that many. But, you know, as, as you look at it, certainly anything worse than a win for Trump would be a major disappointment. Ted Cruz, I mean, he's been pushing hard against both Trump and Rubio in recent days, which makes some wonder whether or not they're worried about Rubio coming up from behind and maybe getting him uh, on Saturday here in South Carolina. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you being with us.